Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Coastal Carolina was robbed in the playoff rankings again. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the man behind the conspiracy regarding the college football playoff committee's hate for the group of five. Check me out on Reddit. And with me, as always, is AJ. I don't care about the rankings. I don't care about recruiting. I don't care about bowl season. And I don't care about college football. Marchese. <laughs> I care about one of those things, but can you guess which which of them? Just, just bowl season, that, but only for the sponsors. That's correct. Uh, bad boy mowers mowing the country since 85. Today we're talking all the NFL rookies who shawned and darkened in week 14. Let's hit it. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair. To take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, bet online. You're online sports book experts. It doesn't say sing, but I thought maybe I'd sing it. That was that was singing. Oh, no, that, no, that, I just did a joke. <laughs> on to the, uh, on to the declaration tracker. That is us. Uh, we missed one last week. Maybe it's because we assumed it was happening. Maybe it's because uh, he's he's from Canada. He's kind of like a brother to us, so we've known for years. Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard. No, yeah, it, it already played. felt like a, it already felt like a given at that point last week. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, Texas Edge Joseph Asai. That's I mean, hey, it, has, it's felt like a given, but definitely less of a given. Um, where do you think uh, Osai's stock is right now, Robbie P? Uh, if I were a GM, yes. I would believe he's worth a first-round pick. 
I love Joseph Asai. I, th- I think he he's mm-hmm. a a guy who my opinion changed so much from his sophomore year to this year. Uh, after he shifted to more predominantly playing on the edge and less off-ball linebacker, where his skill set is just so much better suited to be just a true pass rusher on the edge. Yeah, I think he he goes somewhere in the in the twenties. I think I agree with you, but uh, remember we had that that second where his stock really soared and then it kind of cooled off again. I, I'm surprised he's not more unanimous. Uh, that's a tough word to say. Unanimously, unanimous. Did you say it right? I don't know. <laughs> a top forty guy. Um, I, I like. <laughs> it still feels like people are a little all over the place on him, but uh, I, I definitely agree to, with you that we'll come to a point where everyone's got him in their top forties at least. Well, when they when they upset Oklahoma State, that felt like when yeah. his and he just yep. took over that game. That was like the peak of his stock yep. during the season, at least. And then obviously, uh, Texas is Texas and underachieving so yeah that it, it kind of quieted down especially like he he wasn't bad against iowa state but he wasn't dominant and, and obviously the, they lost that game in thanksgiving with the world watching so i think that's probably part of it he's also such a great athlete that i think he he's gonna test mm-hmm. really well and i don't see him falling out of the top 40 and yeah i think i think mid to late first round uh, pick. The, the edge class is going to be really interesting, though, because I think there's a lot of guys kind of in that zone and no con- no consensus top 10 guy necessarily. Yeah, consensus way easier to say than unanimous. Oh, I did it. Um, no, I totally agree. It's, it's going to be pick your flavor. Um, I don't know. How many guys deep? Eight? Eight guys deep, maybe? Uh, I think... At this point in time, like Quiddy pays pretty well. Everybody's yep number one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then after that, it's like yeah, Osai, Rousseau, Jalen Phillips is in it now. Yep. Uh, Jason Away, Boogie Basham, uh, Rashad, Patrick Jones. Uh, I think's a, a yeah a guy in that conversation. Weaver maybe a, a little below that. Yeah. There too. Yeah, for sure. Like that. That's kind of. I think that's kind of the group you're looking at. My Jay Sanders actually with Cincinnati seems like he's going to be a yeah. quite the riser in the process. It's a good well. one. Good name to add um, too. Thank you. I'm genius. Um, Chuba. I think if you were to make a list of the guys' biggest sliders of the year, he'd yeah. probably be on it for sure. Uh, um, he'll be in- interesting because obviously, dominant uh, sophomore season ran for over two thousand yards. Comes back to Oklahoma State, deals with injuries, deals with the offense. Never, like, although they were for a lot of the season the top Big 12 team, their offense never felt like it was in sync. Um, yeah, definitely. He never really got going. He obviously has great athleticism, big, big, big playability, but in terms of being a pure runner, I don't think he's overly interesting. Like, I think he, he he's got a chance to really put on a show at the combine, which will help him. Not the deepest running back class, mm-hmm. so I think he'll probably end up in most people's top ten running backs, but I don't think he's in that top five category. I think he's more of a day three guy. I totally agree with you, but like you said, that the class is weak. He might benefit from that, and like I don't know. I wouldn't be absolutely shocked if he slipped into the back end of the top 100. I don't think he's worth that selection. I think he's a fourth if or he, fifth if, round I guy, mean, but yeah. If he ends up if he ends up running like sub 4-4 four, four or something ridiculous and really puts on a show, I, mm-hmm. I don't – I don't think that that's like a um, a bad take by you, but normally you have bad takes. Yeah, thanks for your approval, Ralph. Yeah, every once in a while I'll throw you a bone like that. Thanks, buddy. Okay, 
on to week 14 NFL rookie superlatives. Uh, starting with the rookie QB rundown, you we had three of them this week, for the record. Uh, you had the Tua and the Herbert game, so I'm going to let you take it away and, and uh, kind of talk a little Tua to us. <laughs> that, was, that was really well done, Rob. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, I uh, I thought this was a really perf- uh, promising performance from uh, Tua, who uh, I'll throw the stat line out there, 28 of 48. Uh, top 300 yards for the first time in his career with 316, two touchdowns, a pick, uh, and then added a, a QB sneak rushing touchdown and another 24 yards there. Um, the defense for the Dolphins was kind of studly early on, and he was just working off that, some short fields and stuff. Um, I thought like the whole game he was getting out of the pocket pretty well, making things happen. I appreciated that. That first touchdown to Gasecki where he uh he got outside of it and it kind of threw back to him and he he didn't he, he kinda of spun the wrong way, but then he got into the end, so it was all it was all good. Um I thought it was like a pretty good rhythm the whole game for Tua and um like even even early on, especially uh the Dolphins classic, that lots of drops again, but like I thought he he worked through that, that didn't fuck him up at all. And uh, it definitely helped that Gasecki came up huge for him uh, for the second straight week. And the, <laughs> the second touchdown pass, the, the first one I was I just mentioned. The second one though, he like he just ripped it into triple coverage on a on a on a seam route. <laughs> it snuck in there, and Gasecki pulled it down, which was pretty awesome. And I just like I thought like Tua was throwing those ten to twenty yard intermediate type throws really well all game, um, finding the soft spot in the defense, dropping it over the linebackers in front of the safeties, kind of little cheeky throws, which I which I appreciate. And um, and then eventually, of course, the Chiefs, not even eventually, quickly, they do what they do and they erase that Dolphins lead uh, and quickly turn that game into what looked like a blowout. But then Tua, again, uh, kept kept the rhythm going and looked good, like trying to bring them back into it. And, I mean, he did bring them back into it. Um, and then they just fell short. They didn't get the onside kick that they would have uh, been in position to win the game. Um, on the negative side, the interception came on a deep one uh, that kind of just bounced off Jakeem Grant's hands. So, like, if you're watching, you're going to blame Grant, which is fair. But, I like, I thought he underthrew it. And I thought he had a couple underthrows on deep balls. And I think that's definitely something he's got to figure out uh, for sure going forward. But other than that, everything in front of that looked pretty good for Tua. And I think he, he – go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just think this is the – like, I, he's looked good. I've had no issues with how Tua's played. But I think this is, like, the the one where you're, like, you, you're, you feel good about him if you're the Dolphins. He, uh, he, I don't, I don't think like he, he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world, but he's such a smooth operator. You mentioned the, the, the stuff in front of the deep ball and, um, just his anticipatory throwing, his decision making. He just seems like he's got a poise to him that not a ton of rookie quarterbacks necessarily have. And he's doing it like, first of all, the fact that Patrick Mahomes could throw three interceptions and the Chiefs still win against another playoff team. It's scary. It says a lot about the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, but Tua is doing it with some questionable talent around him. Like when Dwayne Washington's your leading <laughs> ball carrier and Lynn Bowden's your go-to pass catcher. Yeah. Like outside of obviously G- Gusecki's the, the dude at tight end, but Devontae Parker's been dealing with injuries. Those are the two guys you know you can trust if they're healthy. If they can get some talent around them, if they, I mean, you mentioned on the last show, Jeff, both North Carolina running backs. Um, if they can get at least a trustworthy running back in the backfield and another receiver, hopefully with that Texans pick, I think you'll you'll see 
a, a big leap in year two for Tua because this is the right coaching staff. This is this is the maybe not the right play caller, but the yeah. right head coach. Tua has shown he's and I mean we're both quite high on him as most people were coming out. Um, he he's an NFL ready quarterback I think is what he has shown in, in his couple starts, uh, and that defense just plays hard as hell. I mean Xavier Howard's a legitimate defensive yeah. player of the year candidate at this point. Um, so the fact that they're trending towards making the playoffs with Tua in there, Tua's been able to guide the ship once he took over for Fitz. I, I'm just very excited to see if they can get some pieces around him for year two of the Tua experience in South Beach. I totally agree, and I'd love to see a fun play caller come in because, like, I don't know, it's Chan Gailey. Yes. But uh, I'm kind of afraid now that they're they're not going to make the playoffs because, I mean, they, they, got the, they got the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bills, which none of those games are gimmies. And uh, Baltimore's got the Jags, Giants, and Bengals. So uh, that's kind of okay, looking – Okay, but, but is it – Go ahead. If as non Dolphins fans who don't care if they make the playoffs and just want to see Tua do well, yep. is it is it necessarily a bad thing if they miss and they have a little bit of an earlier pick there? No, that's a good point. And I mean, yeah, the, the, really, I want to see them make it because I want to see Tua in the playoffs and the Dolphins team. I like this Dolphins team. They they beat up on the rest of the NFC West for me. Yeah, so me too. I, I gotta love them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, you're you're right. From a team building perspective. Uh, Missing the playoffs probably wouldn't be the worst thing. Although, you know, you want to keep that momentum going and down the line. And, like, losing losing a playoff spot would, I'm sure, hurt a bit. But it wouldn't really set them back, I don't think. One thing you are forgetting about Chan Gailey, though, is in 1984, he was the Gulf South Coach of the Year. I am forgetting that. So, actually, sorry. Let's go back to to one more thing to touch upon. Because, uh, like you mentioned, Tua doesn't have the biggest arm, and like I said, struggling with the deep balls. Uh, but that might be because just not being fully comfortable with his receivers yet, um, especially mm-hmm. when they they've been struggling to really make plays. So, yeah, with more talent coming in and a full, hopefully normal offseason next year, uh, maybe maybe we see that start to develop for Tua. You're also forgetting that in 1993, Chan Gailey went five and six as Samford's head coach. Stanford's? I'm joking. Samford. I know. Samford. <laughs> Turn that into the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver coach job. That's pretty sick. Why? Uh, they, okay. Tell, why they only play 11 games that year? I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you don't. You don't remember? <laughs> no. What was the it? incident at Samford? Oh no. I don't want to know. <laughs> in 1993, you don't remember. No, well, I wasn't alive. Listeners, you listeners, you go read about that. Uh, okay, AJ, tell us about Justin Herbert and, and his win over the Falcons in the most cursed franchise game. <laughs> yeah, the the Chargers tweeted out the old Spider Man meme before the game that they're pointing at each other. Uh, yeah, they're both cursed. Um, but no, I thought uh, Herbert started pretty well. He came out like nine to ten with a touchdown pass. Uh, the first touchdown was a perfect throw to Allen on a, on an out route near the pylon in the end zone. That was pretty sweet. Uh, and then he was just in, in a good rhythm. But it was a lot of short stuff in this game um, and some intermediate passing game. But at halftime, he had like 18 completions for 110 yards. <laughs> oh, and speaking of halftime, before that, it was another fucking clock bungle. Um, where the, What was it? They, yeah. the, they, they had like – it was like 33 seconds left or something like that. And they, it was third and one, and they ran the ball. They were inside the 10. They ran the ball, and there was some confusion if they got the first down or not. So Herbert was, like, calling the play in as the field goal team was running out. 
And then they snapped the ball without the without them being said, and the clock ran out. Disaster again. Anyways, and it, they, they needed that field goal. Uh, that would have been the win if they kicked that earlier. Anyways, um, I, I thought when he looked deep, though, he wasn't too accurate. Um, it, it feels like their deep stuff kind of got figured out a bit, and then they they've just naturally gone back to more to the short passing game, especially with Austin Eckler being back. Um, and then the second touchdown, he rolled out, and it was just ripped an easy one. And it, it's looked like how yeah, he's lost, but nothing special. And then we, we got him down the stretch where the game was tied at 17 with under a minute to go. Uh, Chargers were moving the ball well, and then Herbert threw an interception trying to force it into Keenan Allen. Kind of a poor mistake. He was bracketed. It was third and one. Uh, it looked like the game was over, but it wasn't. Matt Ryan threw his third pick. Uh, they got the ball back. Uh, Herbert found uh, Johnson for 25 yards on a crosser, which was the longest completion of the game for him, believe it or not. Then they kicked the game winner. They won. Um, but, yeah, on the whole, his his yards per attempt was only 5.5. Not too impressive. And you take away that 25-yarder uh, on his last completion, it's only 5 yards. Um, so, so like, a, I don't know. They won. It was a, it was a solid game from him. Not the, not the most overly impressive. He was what? Oh, I didn't say his stats. 36-44, 243, two touchdowns, and the pick. I think like, like you know, Herbert is legit. There, there's no doubt. He's got everything: the yeah. arm talent, the accuracy, the mobility. Everything is there. The offense is only a few pieces away from being special. I think, um, and I think one of those pieces is head coach. I mean, a few weeks ago, you remember I was pretty weary about firing Anthony Lynn, uh, and now I'm pretty confident that they should. Yeah. Um, although they do win this game, you mentioned the <laughs> the field yeah. goal gaff. Like, things like that happen every week. They have the worst special teams of all time. Yeah. I, I, I'm just assuming. Um, they they demoted George Stewart a couple of weeks ago, and Anthony Lynn said he was going to have more of a hand in special teams, and they didn't get better. So that's not a great look. Um, you've got this special, special quarterback in Justin Herbert who's shown enough as a rookie that you think this guy could be a top 10 passer. Mm-hmm. I think he's already one of the most enjoyable guys to watch in, in, in the NFL. And with that comes potentially your pick of the litter of these impressive, offensive-minded head coaches this offseason. Yeah. You want Eric Bieniemy? Here he is. You want Joe Brady? Here he is. Like You've got to think those guys are more – like in this roster is littered with talent too, right? Like it, 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 it's it, – I know Derwin James is hurt, and they're perpetually – I can't say that word. They're always cursed um, with injuries. Thank you. Uh, like, Joey Bosa is a franchise player. Derwin James is a franchise player. You you think you have a franchise quarterback. Keenan Allen is one of the best receivers in the NFL. Mike Williams can't stay healthy, but when yeah. he is, he's uh, one of the one of the best deep threats in, in the NFL. Like, and let's say they hire Arthur Smith, who I, 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 I kind of just – I think that'd be a really cool one. Arthur Smith, draft Najee Harris, things start to cook, spend some some money on that offensive line. If I just think you're you're toiling in mediocrity or less than mediocrity if you decide to bring back Anthony Lynn. And I like Anthony Lynn yeah. and you like Anthony Lynn, but it's just seeing like the the boneheaded mistakes and especially on special teams the clock management like every single week i don't think you can keep him as your head coach i i agree with you and um i i don't want to say herbert's uh progress has stalled but it's definitely slowed down it feels it yeah yeah um and I do think now I, I don't know if Anthony Lynn is the one to get the, get him to the I, I should say he's not the one to get him to the next level I don't think um 
Hey, and like you said, like the the defense still balled, and like they got all these injuries, but there's a lot of talent on that team. Like the the secondary, yep. three picks against Matt Ryan. That I know the the Falcons haven't been that good, but they've been hot recently, and that offense is always good. Um, they played a great game on the on the yeah, defense side of the ball. On top of like you're, they're gonna have a top ten, maybe yep. even top, probably not top five, but top ten pick. Yep. Uh, and we do know it's easier. It's almost impossible to win a Super Bowl when your quarterback is on a massive contract. Your Super Bowl window is Justin Herbert's rookie contract if you think he's the guy. So why waste another year of Anthony Lynn if yeah. you don't think he's going to be able to lead you to the Super Bowl? And I think over the last couple of weeks, he's proven he's not that guy. You can't let Herbert sit around and, like you said, they've slowed the progress, it seems like. You have to go all in now and, and swing for the fucking fences if that means hiring – 31 year old Joe Brady's your head coach go do it I think like on a, a, a another issue with this or maybe not an issue but they're still trying to fight for footing in that Los Angeles market right they're so forgotten about and they have this quarterback who looks like he's going to be special like we just said 15 times uh, so now is also the moment not just to uh, really compete but to seize a fan base hopefully in, in Southern California and Maybe try to get some of the San Diego fans back, but at the very least, build that LA fan base, and uh, you got to bring someone in, someone exciting in, and uh, keep keep building on that. Speaking of seizing a fan base, I think Jalen Hurts uh, might may have done that uh, <laughs> in in the Eagles' twenty four twenty one win over the Saints. Um, Seventeen of 30, 167 yards and touchdown. Not terrific numbers uh, passing wise in his first career start. But he had it 106 on the ground. His legs and his just having having to um, focus on him no matter what opened up the run game for Miles Sanders, who had 115 yep. yards, including a two-yard touchdown. Jalen Hurts helped transform this offense. It was so stagnant with Carson Wentz. I saw someone make this point. Honest, it might have been PFT. Um, <laughs> Carson Wentz runs like he, he's running away from something. While Jalen Hurts runs with a purpose, and it's so true. Every time he tucks it and he, he goes, and he, and he it's not like like 18 carries is a ton of carries for a quarterback for sure, but I didn't ever feel like it was him panicking and defaulting to the legs. It was he 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 when there wasn't something there in the passing game, yeah. that's when he ran. And it was a lot of third and shorts, and he'd convert first downs using mm-hmm. his legs. Um he, I also found that he was very decisive as a passer as well. He was a little off target on, on some outside throws, on some deep balls. But for the most part, against that Saints defense with that offensive line in front of him, it is insane in my opinion that in his first career start he pulled this one off. Like, say what you want about Taysom Hill, but that Saints defense is ferocious. And he he was so poised. He never, he never seemed shook. He's got yeah. that, that same kind of... Um, even keelness to him that Herbert has, but with maybe a little bit more of a like I don't want to say Herbert is a less vocal leader, but he is. no I, I Hertz is definitely for sure. <laughs> he is right. It's got yeah, more, like Her- more fire in the belly. Bit, yeah, but, yeah, like Hertz. Hertz just seems like a guy, uh, and I know it's kind of cliche to say the team played harder for him, but it felt that way. Like it's so hard not to love Jalen Hurts. Everything you hear about him is he's like one of the best dudes, one of the best leaders. Saban said it. They said it at Oklahoma. As yeah. soon as he got there, he was he was leading that team. I yeah. mean, 
Plus, I, I have to throw respect at any quarterback who can squat um, more than more than five plates. Um, and, and the other thing is, the Wentz excuses were always, well, the, the pieces around him, like, they're no good. Well, you throw Jalen Hurts in, Miles Sanders goes off. Uh, he, he got Alshon Jeffrey to catch a touchdown. <laughs> His touchdown pass was a perfect back shoulder uh, throw right at the goal line. Perfect right on him. Um, Jalen Rager, I know it's very limited, the, the game and a half Hurts has been in, but he's been given more opportunities with Hurts in there. Yeah, Dallas Goddard uh, was a nice little safety net for him, and, and he helped make up for the offensive line problems. He, he didn't take a single sack, first of all, against a, a dominant defensive line behind a terrible offensive line. Like His legs were the difference. Um, I don't know. I, I, I came away really... I, found him was it a great game no but Carson Wentz I don't think wins that game because yeah. his legs Jalen Hurts legs were what made the difference I will give it a B plus for a debut uh I I glad they named him the starter for uh this game this next game against the Cardinals um I think you have to find out if he's the guy because you're probably gonna be picking pretty early and might mm-hmm. have a chance at a quarterback the only thing is Carson Wentz's contract is so ridiculous but no, I'm all, I'm here for Jalen Hurts, and uh, I never want to see Carson Wentz play again. <laughs> He's gonna end up somewhere. He, I think he'll end up with the Colts. That's my prediction. Yeah. I don't know how it'll happen, but like the Frank Wright connection, plus their Philip Rivers is gonna retire in a year or two. So I think that makes the most sense, and uh, they got the cap space for it too. Um, I definitely think the, the key to this, like you said, it was the decisiveness to run, especially on third downs. And uh, the the tweet you brought up, I think it's it's so true. It's like he was looking to run, and Wentz was just scrambling, and there was no end to that. Um, I mean, hey, I, I didn't think that we'd be talking – like, I, I thought there was a good chance we'd be talking about this as a positive thing or trying to pick at least the positives out of this, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, but I, I had zero expectations of the Eagles to win this game. So I think that, that you, you got to say it's a great – Great first game, and especially to run for over 100 yards is, is crazy impressive. Uh, but yeah, like the long, long way to come as a passer for Hertz, and uh, he, you, you got the chance to do it though. So, Jalen, you have my heart. Okay, offensive rookie of the week, AJ. Uh, I give it to Cam Akers, who was the star. Well, I, fi- on th- I figured. Yeah, it was a pretty easy one. Star on Thursday night had 29 carries for 171 yards. That's 5.9 yards per carry for the layman. Uh, and then another two catches for 23 yards. He just made it look way too easy on that Patriots uh, Patriots defense. Like it was, Yeah, it was a lot of big holes, but he was hitting them. And also, like, he was just hitting them hard. He was explosive as hell. Uh, and then there was you mixed in where he had a few runs where he had to make guys miss in the backfield or, or just pick through some garbage and find the hole. This was a super impressive, uh, super, super impressive game. And it was, what, he had 21 carries last week, and that was the first time uh, any any Rams running back had more than 20 on the season. I didn't expect them to, to come out and f- feed him like they did, especially like Henderson looked pretty solid last week too. Um, and then, uh, like, I, I thought the game plan would make sense to, to feed, feed Akers. I didn't really expect it. And I wonder... Like down the stretch, I wonder how heavy his his workload is going to be. Like twenty nine carries a game, it's it's not going to happen. But um, getting him twenty touches seems very very likely. Yeah, he he looked so much more confident. I found like early yeah. in the season, I, it felt like he was maybe 
not super confident, not necessarily taking what was there, not not being decisive. Yeah. Uh, definitely different story. Um, this game and it felt like he was just breaking every every first contact. Mm-hmm. He looked so much more like Florida State Cam Akers, where at Florida State he was playing behind this disgustingly horrid <laughs> offensive line, like getting hit within a yard of the line of scrimmage yeah. every time, but always making something out of nothing. That was kind of the, he 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 could turn something. He what, what's that old saying? He can turn nothing into something. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, sure. Is that an old saying? That's not what I'm trying to say. I've been saying it for a long time. Oh, okay. But yeah, like he he added some toughness. It felt like to the run game, and I think him and Darrell Henderson could be a really fun pairing. Um, We've seen big games out of Darrell Henderson er earlier in the year, and he's got he's got some juice to him. And I think if they can kind of the, I think the main issue is they haven't been able to kind of get them both going in the same game. It's been a lot of this is your show tonight. This is your show tonight. But if they can get them both going, I think that that's uh, that's going to be a really fun backfield tandem uh, for the Rams. Yeah, I was a little critical of McVay uh, not getting Acres more involved through the, what the first half of the season, pretty much. Uh, but it looked like they brought him along right, and now he's got all the confidence in the world, and he's he's killing it. I'm sticking. At the running back position, but I figured you'd go Acres, so I want someone else. I want Jonathan Taylor, who I have been probably <laughs> one of the biggest critics of this season um, because he's been terrible for a lot of the season. But he exploded against the Raiders behind some great offensive line play and some terrible <laughs> defensive play from the Raiders. Um, but he looked like Wisconsin Jonathan Taylor. He he was he hit the hole hard as hell, and his expl- straight line explosiveness turned in some big, big, big chunk runs. And it just felt like it was an all-game thing with him. The Colts' offense as a whole was clicking. Um, he looks just so explosive for a bigger back. He, he took 162 yards for uh, for a touchdown. And he it, it was, like, great blocking. But that's not something we saw him doing earlier in the season. And I think it, it's just good to know that when you get the the – the strong offensive line play you generally get, he can do something with it now. Uh, they used him a lot more too. Like he had twenty yeah. carries. Um, it kind of like his performance kind of reminded me of. I also watched the Jaguars Titans game where Derrick Henry went off as he normally does. And I kind of got the Derrick like he's not the same style running back, but just he he's such a physically imposing yeah. back that when you get him in space, it's hard to it's hard to take him down and. He, he can turn when, – when he gets the ball in space, he can turn into a house call because he's got such great straight line speed. Yeah, just like Akers, it's kind of just clicked for both of them the last two weeks. And like you said, massive holes. I think the the, the, the touchdown run, you could have fit, I don't know, three-quarters of that Colts offensive line in there. But, he, he hey, he outran the entire Raiders' defense. So, yeah, like – like you said, when you're that size and that uh, explosive, um, it's definitely impressive. And and just like Derrick Henry, who uh, we've been, I don't know, kind of critical of, but he, I mean, he's definitely a great running back. And uh, if the Colts can have that down the stretch, they're going to be a tough out in uh, in January. Big time. Okay, jumping to defensive rookie of the week, I had my pick of, of yeah. studs. Who'd you go with? I, I had slimmer pickings, Rob. What else is new for me? Uh, so I, just, I went back to the well a bit. One of our favorites, Antoine Winfield Jr., who 
was just kind of all over the field for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Vikings. Uh, he had 12 tackles, had a sack. Uh, the Vikings passing game was obviously just a non-threat the entire game. Uh, Justin Jefferson had his quietest game maybe all year. I didn't look at the stats, but probably. Um, and, like, I know Winfield wasn't man-on-man man with Justin Jefferson or anything, but he's, he's the traffic cop back there. And just being all over the field for, for Tampa Bay felt like a big thing. And this game took a little while for the Bucks to click, and Minnesota felt pretty in control for most of the first half. And then uh, it's just <laughs> just like the the, the Dolphins, who, who did end up coming back, it, just, it was such a, a switch flip. I was watching both these games at the same time, and it went from, like, Two great games to look like two on the way to a blowout, and this one it wasn't quite a blowout, but definitely a, a like a very very solid and in control performance from the Bucks the rest of the way out. Um, I'll stick in the NFC South. I, I okay. The obvious pick is Chase Young. That's where I thought you were going, but I I am going there. But I also <laughs> want to bring up that Jeremy Chin was fantastic. So. I, I I felt wrong to be like, oh, well, Chin flashed this week because it was so much bigger than that. And then I think most weeks his performance would have gone under the defensive rookie of the week because he was everywhere again. He was playing more safety than linebacker against the Broncos. He had a strip sack, just clobbering people. And I, I think he is set to come second in the defensive rookie of the year race. Now. Mm. So congrats, Jeremy. Congrats, but, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, <laughs> Chase Young was. This is one of the greatest rookie defensive performance I've ever seen. He, it was ridiculous. Um, he, it was, it was right from the start. His sack was awesome. He, he like dropped. It was like, um, he dropped it in. I guess he was more spying, um, Nick Mullins, and then he just kind of felt like he just said fuck it, and he went and cl- like clobbered him. I mean, <laughs> he, like he dropped off the line of scrimmage, hovered, and then said "fuck it" and went and killed him. Because um, he knows he Nick also, Mullins can't run smart. Chase, good work. <laughs> he also had a he he um, chased down um, Wilson backside and killed him to force a fumble. He also on a they tried to run a, a shovel pass by him and he like the the. Um, who was it? it was Moster Moster like fake pass pro and like slipped by him, and Young realized as he was going after Mullins and just stuck his paw out and deflected the shovel pass. He um, batted another pass down. Um, he was all over Mullins throughout the game, pass rush wise. Yeah. Like just he was he and he was going toe to toe with Trent Williams as a run defender and like holding his own. And I think it was the most impressive thing. Like he was matching Trent Williams' power and, and setting that edge and. They, they couldn't get anything outside of him. And then he also uh, had a 47-yard fumble return <laughs> touchdown where he just Walter Payton the ball with one hand the whole way, which is pretty cool. It was cool. And, like, uh, that speed down the sideline, it was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, just outrun. I, I know it was mainly off the lineman chasing him, but still, like, just to, just to beat every single angle was pretty awesome. Yeah, like, it was it was a four-quarter dominant performance from Chase Young. That whole team, like, I I don't know. The Washington football team is one of my favorite teams to watch because their offense is so bad. But their defense keeps them in every single game. They won four straight games now. And that defensive line is insane. Like, Montez Sweat is a monster. Yep. And John Allen's the best player on that team, I think. And Deron Payne looks like he's at a Pro Bowl level. Like, all four of them 
might make the Pro Bowl. It's incredible. And, uh, yeah, Chase Young, like, he was already trending towards locking up Defensive Rookie of the Year, but this game did it. I, I, he's not Nick Bosa, but it's, it's, he looks like he's going to be one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the NFL. As a Seahawks fan, I'm not looking forward to uh, seeing Chase Young this week. As a as, as a co-host like, on this podcast, I am though, so it goes both ways. Yeah, he's such a he's such a joy to watch. I just don't like um, focused on him. Yeah. basically from from the jump because I I mean wasn't <laughs> watching the 49ers offense isn't that fun. So I just focused on him and watched him. His hands, like again, not Nick Bosa level. He's not that nuanced yet as a pass rusher, but his hands are still so good for a rookie. Yeah, um, no, for sure. Like. Like Washington's building something. If they can get a quarterback, whether it's Zach Wilson, Trey Trey Lance, like that's that's all. They're a quarterback away from. I th- they might win the NFC East, but they're, I, they're definitely a quarterback away. Yep. From like legitimately being a playoff caliber team because that's how good that defense is. Yep. I mean they're in first place now, obviously, and um, Ron Rivera's done everything uh, you'd hoped he would, and this the offseason was a fucking disaster for Washington, the franchise, and he's obviously uh, <laughs> is, is not in a great place medically. And he, look at look at the job he's done; it, it's been pretty amazing. Um, and, and, and in this game, they, obviously they didn't have Antonio Gibson. Yeah, but JD McKissick was the 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 dude. Yeah, he's a stud. <laughs> JD McKissick's actually having a fantastic year. Oh yes, I know. I uh, picked him up in fantasy pretty early on, and. Especially when Alex Smith is in there, they just like dump the ball off to him uh, a thousand times. It's hilarious. <laughs> AJ, AJ, are you are you sure you're not a Washington football team fan? Think about it. You love Antonio Gibson. I do. You love JD McKissick. I do. <laughs> you lo- you love Logan Thomas. That, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> and and once a game they throw a bubble screen to Isaiah Wright. Hey, Isaiah is pretty sick. I'm not not gonna lie. Um, I do no, I know. I like. I started watching this team like just for the podcast early on, and even on the offense, uh, there's there's a lot to like. I mean, we know the defense is stud, but there's a, just it's been a pretty goofy and fun offense all year long. Um, not looking forward to the JD McKissick revenge game either on Sunday, but that's that's another show. That's next week. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, okay. can I jump? Can I jump to worst rookie? We got to do it. Yes, please. One of your guys, Rob. I hate to do it to you, but uh, Saul McKinley oh, okay. was was pretty pretty bad. Um, he got just worked. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, hey, I couldn't do any better. Uh, he got worked all day in pass protection. Uh, by far his worst game of the year, I thought. And I I thought he's been slipping a little bit, to be honest. Um, in recent weeks, especially like, especially since Tua kind of went in, I, I thought he's been kind of going down and down in performance. But this was bad. He doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, you want to see him get his ass kicked. Uh, it was just like consistently losing and like giving up immediate pressure. Uh, I, I don't know how many sacks he actually got credit for, but it, it was bad. And on top of that, he even wasn't very good in the wrong game, which is kind of like something you got to give him a given usually from Kinley, but uh, not this week. So uh, it's kind of like a like he's been re- obviously a really promising rookie, but um, yeah, it's, it's trending down a bit. And then this was an ugly one. What if I told you his college teammate was also my worst rookie of the week as Andrew Thomas in the Giants offensive line gave up oh, eight man. sacks to the Cardinals, including five to Hassan Reddick? <laughs> well, okay, well, that it would was, make me happy because I, I love was, Hassan Reddick. It was from the start, too. Like, 
Marcus Golden got the party started with like an instant strip sack of Daniel Jones. Yeah. And it didn't stop after that. Like, and it wasn't just Andrew Thomas. It was that whole offensive line. It was just getting killed. But Andrew Thomas had been playing such good football in recent weeks that him struggling like that really stood out. Like, he he could not handle Hassan Reddick's speed. Um, he couldn't, like, he just seemed so off timing-wise with his feet and his punch. He was slow off the snap. Hassan Reddick is going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Hassan Reddick has 10 sacks on the season. Sure, five of them came in one <laughs> game. But he was actually playing pretty well prior to that. He was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the, that, that, that was, like, the Giants' defense didn't play too poorly. But, like, they're off, like Daniel Jones also, his lack of mobility because the hamstring was, like, pretty noticeable. Yeah. And uh, he was basically any time pressure came, it, it was kind of like a turtle. And, uh, yeah, Tom, Thomas just... It sucks because he had looked so good in recent weeks, and then he just kind of fell. Yeah, apart. exactly. He's been good, and then it, yeah, it just just fell apart. Uh, Daniel Jones is the king of fumbles. Uh, we can never forget about that. Uh, Colt McCoy, like I don't know that this team might be better with Colt McCoy in right now. Can I say that? Like, even though Colt McCoy is not better, it's just they they maybe scheme it easier for him. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see who comes out and wins the NFCs. That's for sure. Uh, my primetime star is Cam Akers. We already talked about him. Yeah, I uh, I mean, Akers clearly the primetime star. So I'm going to go a little deeper for my cut here, Rob, and uh, just give it to give credit to a guy I don't think we mentioned on the show this year. Uh, Justin Mandabuke for the Ravens, who uh, officially just three hey. tackles. Uh, old PFF credit with three pressures, though. And this was against a very, very solid Browns offensive lineman, obviously. Um, there was one, I think, was a PFF subscription? No. Um, I told you free articles, baby. It, they're good resources. Um, <laughs> I think I think one on Wyatt Teller. I, this one I, I don't know even know why I was focusing on him live, but man, uh, he was the first guy off the line of scrimmage. Absolutely cooked Wyatt Teller with big time quicks. Uh, got got back there to, to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield got the ball off though, so he only credit for three tackles. But I thought he he played a really really flashy game. And uh, on only 31 snaps. And if you can keep that up um, down the stretch and potentially the Ravens going into the playoffs, uh, that'd be huge for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, AJ. Agreed. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I mean, Justin, Justin Matabuke was a guy coming out who I think, I don't know, I don't know if it was first round talk at, at, at a point in time, but That's, he had some high, yeah. Yeah. high buzz because of the athletic profile. Yep. Um, and obviously, I think when they took him in the third round, a lot of people thought it was going to be a really good fit. Started a uh, season uh, injured, and then he he's been playing us in the like steadily in the rotation yep. since he got healthy, and um, just feels like a really good Ravens pick once again, especially uh, uh, in the front seven. They're playing. I mean, between him, uh, Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison, like they they got a lot of young guys up front. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, remember, like, there was, uh, I don't know when it was, maybe February ish, where Blacklock and uh, Madabuki were kind of step in step, and then Blacklock mm-hmm. kind of uh, separated himself. And what? Blacklock went 40th, and Madabuki went 71st. I hate, that's not off the top of my head, by the way. I looked it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. And now, now, I mean, I'm not mentioning Ross Blacklock, but I feel like we cut every week for being just absolutely invisible. And I didn't mention the Texans earlier, but when you brought up the point about, uh, the Chargers being such an appetizing place to land, 
Man, watching the Houston Texans this week, they are just an absolute disaster. Like, mm-hmm. like literally, it's it's J.J. Watt and uh, Deshaun Watson, and that is it. Like, C.J. Procise was their running back. Chad Hansen was their leading receiver. <laughs> there was nothing. And they're not getting anything out of rookies either. Like, Blacklock was invisible again and not playing a lot. Uh, that team is a disaster right now. They don't have their first round pick. Uh, it's it's. I know I'm. This is way off topic, but uh, it's 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 kind of scary. It's okay, because it, because it made me think, this defensive tackle class in general has been not very no. good. Yep, it hasn't. It's um, like I, I think I I think honestly like to me Raquan Davis yep. has been the most like the pleasant surprise of the group. Yep. Um, but other than that, like Javon Kinlaw's had his flashes. Derek Brown to me has played below what he should as uh, as a top ten pick. Absolutely. Devon Hamilton's another guy who I think Devon Hamilton's probably been the best of the group. Yeah. Um, it, like Neville Gallimore have one game. Jordan Elliott's been like a solid player in the Browns rotation, but I didn't like. You're not seeing a lot of these guys making much of an impact this year. No, not at all. Um, like I just touched upon it, Raquan Davis. I'm not going to mention him, but another really solid game, and that's kind of what he's been all year. Just really solid mm-hmm. uh, yep. def- uh, against the run. Yeah, like he he feels like the perfect just run stuffing one yep. tech for them. Yep. Uh, Silence. I said yep. I guess you didn't hear me. Underwhelming performance, Rob. This one hurts me, buddy. But uh, I'm going with Michael and Wendy, who I think another one is probably his worst game of the season, and. Uh, Gave up three pressures and a sack. Had a few other losses. It just just keeping an eye on him there at right tackle, um, which sucks. Uh, I love Michael Owenu, but it, it's it is when you think about it, pretty crazy that a sixth round rookie guard playing tackle has been so good this year that this is an underwhelming performance. I mean, it's a, bit, a bad game, but still, he's been so impressive. And like, even if you just watch him in a microcosm, um, I don't know, like like he's so much better than he should be. And I, I know this was a bad game, but I still love him, and uh, he's definitely been one of the best rookies in the league. I put two from the same game. I'll start with Julian Blackman, um, who just kind of dropped out of the defensive rookie of the uh, year yeah. race in, in recent weeks. And he, he's gotten, I guess, I don't want to say taken advantage of more in coverage, but you've seen him, His he doesn't get there in time uh, more frequently. And the lack of range has kind of showed up a little more mm-hmm. in recent weeks. Um, the Raiders' biggest pass plays kind of came with him being a step or two late. Again, like, he, he's been incredible for a third-round rookie, and he's exceeded all expectations, I think, so I'm not trying to shit on him, but just kind of underwhelmed. Um, Henry Ruggs, though, I, I like, you don't even know he's on the Raiders at times. Yeah, for like, sure. He had three, three, three for 18 this week. Um, they don't really use him that well either. Like nope. they're not scheming him touches the way you think they would. It's been like he's had like two really nice games this year, and, and uh, other than that, it's been a very quiet year. Uh, yeah. In a year where we're seeing a lot of rookie receivers at least flash. Um, you, you, I don't know whether it's that offense, whether it's Gruden. The Raiders are collapsing. And you just think they, they work harder to try and get him the ball in the perimeter. I, I know. I mean, I've mentioned this multiple times on the show. It's really annoying. Were they at least doing the, the jet motion with him this week, or did they give up on that? No. Like, it was like it was like he wasn't even part of the team. Yeah. And I, and like you said, maybe two good games, but those he might have just made two good plays this year and really great plays against the Chiefs earlier and uh, 
against the Jets last week. But even like like that Jets game, if you look at the whole game, it wasn't a very good game. And they they did involve He's him 11. more, but it wasn't great. He's 11th in receiving yards among rookie wide receivers, but he's the first receiver taken. He's about like he's behind like Gabe Davis, yeah, <laughs> who is obviously a stud. But like he's behind Darnell Mooney. Like he's the, that's two day three picks. Yeah, and he was the first receiver off the board. AJ, I just you know what? I don't value speed anymore. <laughs> that's my new take. I like like it, it's definitely some on Henry Ruggs because there's been some drops and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. It, I definitely think it's, it's more on the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. They're like they're not doing a good job. If you took the guy twelfth overall, you'd think you'd be trying to scheme him to be part of your offense. If you thought he was a, a big enough game changer to take him yeah. ahead of CD Lamb, ahead of Jerry Judy, ahead of Justin Jefferson. What one hundred percent? And it's not just like. Like, even if you ignore that and you think John Gruden's, you know, a thick-skulled, old-school coach, which he is, um, you'd at least think that they'd be mixing in the deep shot to him more. Because, like, exactly. if you don't have a creative plan for him uh, th- when you drafted him, this like, he has to be a deep shot guy, and they're not doing that either. You, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope something something happens there. I hope they get him involved more. Speaking of speed, though, I will go to looks like a hit, and I will say KJ Hamler, who had two catches for eighty-six yards and two touchdowns against the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, the first one, it was like pretty hilarious, it, where he just flew, like he had a hesitation release, and who was it against? It was against your old favorite West Virginia corner on the Panthers, Rasul Douglas. Um, Rasul Douglas, yeah. <laughs> where like I, I, it was so that's a bad weird. matchup. Like he. Russell Douglas, like, I don't know if the hesitation fucked him up, but he, like, tripped or just slipped, and then it was game over and Handler flew yeah, by. That's touchdown. not fair. And yeah. later <laughs> later they were playing cover three, and it, it was a nice high-low concept, and the, the safety came down on the low, and he was just, like, so open for a, a touchdown on a, on a deep post. But, uh, yeah, like, it, it was nice to see him get involved with that speed and look like he, he's got the potential. Like, we keep forgetting, Cortland Sutton's missing his whole mm-hmm. year. And the fact that, like, if, if Sutton and Fant can stay healthy and you have Hamler and Judy, like, Sutton's a power forward. Hamler's your speedster. And then Judy's Judy looks like, I'll talk about him in a bit, too. He looks like he's going to be one of the best route runners in the league, I think. It's if Drew Locke can play like this more often, then that's that's uh, that's gonna be huge. Um, for sure. Hey, Hamler was lucky. Uh, Troy Pride wasn't in coverage, or else if he slipped, he's bear he's bear crawling back into it, baby. <laughs> Would have been hilarious. I wish Troy Pride was in coverage. Uh, who looks like a hit for you? I got a lame one this week, Rob. I'm I'm sorry. I know we've talked about him a lot, and rightfully so. But it was just another absolutely beautiful game from. Old Tristan Wirfs, because he's a stud. Like, he gave up absolutely nothing in pass protection. And, like, like, I think what we've talked about, he just looks so poised and balanced and makes it look easy. Like, he's been doing it for 10 years on the left side there. And, like, um, his run blocking has gotten better over the course of the season, too, I think. Like, it's not like he was ever bad, but, like, he's at a point now where he's, he's really good. And he's moving people consistently. And, like, maybe with Herbert slowing down a bit, Justin Jefferson with a hiccup game, like I mentioned, and Vikings outside the playoffs too now. Is there any way Tristan Wirfs could be Offensive Rookie of the Year? I don't think he could win it over Justin Jefferson. 
I'm sorry, AJ. He deserves it. Like, he deserves to be in the conversation, though. And I think just that no, as an obstacle. Like to, to, yeah. To me, yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's Herbert, Jefferson, and Wirfs are, are the, the three, I guess, right? Yeah. No, I, th- I agree. Um, and and it'll, for it'll defense, probably... it's deep. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just going to say, it'll probably in real, real in real life, it's probably going to be fucking Joe Burrow up there with him. Instead uh, of we, everyone forgets AJ hates Joe Burrow. Ah, uh, that old scrub he, Joe Burrow getting all the credit that he doesn't deserve. Uh, no, go ahead. Who, couldn't who's play your... in the Big Ten. <laughs> exactly. Defense. Who, who's your Who's your top three? Uh, it's like uh, Young, Chin, and then it, would it, Would you put Winfield Jr. third? Ooh, uh, I forget anyone. I guess. I think the conversation for who's third is more interesting at this point. Yeah, the top two are uh, rock solid. <laughs> but yeah, third third is a tough one. People forget Trevon Diggs had uh, two picks. <laughs> Actually, like I think AJ Terrell might have might be climbing into the convo. I, I know it's a back half of the season, but he had another, he had like fourteen tackles this week, which was kind of ridiculous. He's um, he a good player. Speaking, of, wait, can I talk? Can watch this transition. Speaking of. Defensive backs who are rookies and make tackles. My looks like a miss this week is Cameron Curl, the safety yeah. for the Washington football team, because boy was I too low on him. He looks great. Uh, he's played a ton for yeah. them this year, and he seems to keep getting better and better. He he brings some like attitude to that secondary. I re- like he he I think he got flagged for pass interference early in the game. But other than that, he had a really impressive game. Pick six, uh, where Nick Mullins tried to throw to Juszczyk in the flats while Juszczyk was cutting up field. Not a great decision. <laughs> and Cameron Curl housed it. Um, they blitz him, too, and, and he brings the boom. He broke up another pass, too. Like, he, he's shown an ability, especially in this game. Like, he played all over the place. Like, he could play too deep. He's playing single high. Like, he, he looks good with his range and instincts, but he's also very physical yeah. and willing to throw his body around. I, like, I really enjoyed watching him. This was, I think this was one of my favorite rookie games in general, getting to watch him and Chase Young in one game. Yeah, I know for sure. I, like, I knew you were going to bring them both up. It's it's pretty impressive. Like, like for, since week one, really, Cameron Curl's been playing a lot for Washington. And we haven't talked oh, yeah. about him too much, um, but he's he's like definitely been solid. And this was the game where he um, he he definitely blew up. But um, no, yeah, for for I mean, it's not like you were the only one low on him. He he was a seventh round pick, and uh, well, I had oh, a seventh round grade. So some some people could say I was right. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Now I just pulled up his his snap count. He's played a hundred percent of snaps in two, three, four, five of the last six games. The other one was eighty seven percent. And in the first half of the season, he's hovering around fifty for most of the, most of the season. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a lot of play out of a seventh round rookie, and uh, he's just kind of kind of taken over in the back end there, and definitely definitely impactful. Um, who looks like a miss for you? Uh, hey, you had a hit as a wide receiver named KJ. I got a miss at a wide receiver named KJ, and it's it's not like he had a bad game this week or anything. Uh, but KJ Hill just can't get on the football field and. <laughs> And this is a team where uh, Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson are playing a ton. And, like, I was probably wrong about KJ Hill when he went in the seventh round. Uh, and I thought he was a top 100 guy. But but it makes me sad because I, I thought he could have been a late-round guy that lines with the, in the tra- with the Chargers. And, like, they, he had a good chance to play as a slot guy there and a good fit and a nice role for him there. And uh, he barely plays. And 
He returns punts, hasn't hasn't done too spectacularly there. He had like a catch in this game. Uh, just like this isn't a this week miss. This is just a, a miss for him for old AJ. Wrong. He's going to be a pro bowler next year. He's from Ohio State. I, I hope so. Ohio State knows how to make receivers. I love KJ uh, Hill. You know what else you love, AJ? Manscaped. Because support for seven rounds in heaven comes from Manscaped. Who's the best below? The belt grooming. <clears throat> the holidays are here. Have you met made your wish list yet? Or, or met it? Our sponsor today is the number one wish for gift of the year. Manscaped. The best men's below and above the belt grooming. That's right, people. It's not just for your balls. Manscaped is here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice. Tis the season to perform. You're lucky because Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle and makes for the perfect gift. Imagine opening an attractive box that says, Your balls will thank you, with the most sought-after gadgets and scents a person could find. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Look guys, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hairs is a major turnoff. It's actually what ended my last relationship. So why not use the best tools for the job here? This bundle includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, aka the three Bs. The dads can't stop talking about this. The teens secretly buy this, and the women will love you for it. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, friends maybe the bus driver best gift of all the manscape performance package let's not forget their famous liquid formulations the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hygiene routine get the performance package now to receive their two free gifts the manscape boxers and the shed travel bag the performance package is the best value that manscape has to offer and is hot off the shelves Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Thank you, Manscaped, for making our holes look sexy. Honestly, fellas, this one here, this is from the heart. Get this, because when the pandemic's over, you're going to want to impress women with how groomed you are. They're going to be caring more than ever about cleanliness. And this product from Manscaped, all their products really, are going to help you achieve that, which will get you fucking i didn't feel good saying that last part <laughs> it's but not a lie i do it's... feel good i do feel good telling you about bet online where you bet online and use the promo code armchair take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses okay the college football playoff rankings the final rankings come out sunday night which means there's gonna be a whole heap of bowl games that are gonna be awesome sponsored by crazy things you didn't even know existed between teams you've never seen play. So, to spice up your viewing experience, bet on one of the teams. Done. Great. Go to bet online. Do that. AJ, my needs to step it up is Derek Brown, who just feels like such a non-factor at times for the Panthers. 80% of snaps. Really didn't do much as a pass rusher. Sometimes you forget he's there. 
Jeremy Chin totally overshadows him every week. Again, like he's not terrible. It's just if you take this guy sixth overall, he yeah. needs to be doing doing more than this. Like he's a he's a he's shown to be a very solid, if not above average, run defender. But if you can't impact passing downs, then you're not worth a first round pick, in my opinion. Uh, your opinion is correct, Rob. I mean. <laughs> It, it was a minor concern, but I thought like a lot of us, we, we believed he would be able to be a, I don't know, five sack plus ish guy. Uh, and yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't shown that at all. No. Um, it's, and it's been all year. Like we, it was since week one, like, like he's gotten better. And like you said, he's become a solid run defender, but, uh, you don't take those top 10. Who you got? Uh, Ezra Cleveland, who after that one game, what his second start a few weeks back, uh, they looked awesome. He's been pretty mad. And then this week against the Bucks, uh, he was just flat out bad. I, I particularly in pass protection, he was uh, a virtual turnstile. He gave up like four pressures, two sacks, uh, run blocking okay. But I mean, it, it was it was a nice start there for Cleveland, and then it, it's kind of just really tapered off. And they're still chasing for the playoffs. They need him to uh, to not shit the bed. Speaking of bad offensive linemen, am I not ready to play as Tyree Phillips, who came in yeah. for some snaps against the Browns, got cooked, and then was not playing anymore? And he he's played a lot this year too. He he's not a tackle. Like no. he's clearly not a tackle, and obviously he wouldn't be playing there if not for the Ronnie Stanley injury forcing Orlando Brown to move to left tackle. Yeah, but I also think. He's shown at times promise as a guard where he can bulldoze people, but I still can't believe he was a top 100 pick. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, both of us didn't, weren't really fans of Phillips, but, you know, I, I think you kind of sold me on it more, and you're right. Like, it was a good fit, and the, like, the pick made uh, made some sense there. But, like, but he's not um, a tackle. No, he's definitely not a tackle, and he's been pretty bad this year. Like, like for at least for a, like a guy, we I looked it up. One hundred six. He went like he should be uh, a lot more productive than that. Hey, actually speaking of productive, um, this one, this this is my uh, my next. I mentioned Isaiah Wilson last week. This is kind of just like a nice year roundup mention. Um, how about Marlon Davidson for not ready to play? He's played one hundred seventeen snaps this year. He got injured early. Then he went on the COVID list, and then he got hurt yeah. again this Sunday against the Chargers. So I'm not I'm not knocking him. Um, but because apparently the plan was to bring him along really slowly this year, and then the Falcons obviously cleaned house. Then he just had some really bad luck for Davidson mid through the season. But it's such a lost season for a guy that went 47th overall in the draft. Um, and like just when he's been on the field, he didn't really pop much at all, in my opinion. And like that, that's not that's not being super critical because it's a big ask when he's had this hellish year and. Um, we've all had a shitty fucking year, and we had no off season, right? Like, so I don't know. It's just such a lost season, and hopefully he comes back um, strong and healthy next year and, and starts producing for the Falcons. For my best day three rookie, Cameron Curls, the obvious pick, yep. but I didn't want to double down, so I, I threw Gabe Davis's name down. Every week, man. Every week he makes one play at least. Oh, big time! Three for nineteen touchdown, drew a pass interference. He, he's been not, like, heavily used this year, but used, I think, more than a lot of people were expecting. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, and he looks he look, he look looks like a future starter for them as a kind of a height-weight-speed mismatch to complement Stephon Diggs and, and Cole Beasley. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I've 
I've loved what I've seen from Gabe Davis this year, and it's it's every time they've went to him, it's kind of felt like he's made a big play. And uh, last week it was that sweet one on the sideline over a defender, and uh, <laughs> the the catch from Cole Beasley. No, I, I like this Bills team a lot. They're they're the them and the Dolphins are like my f- favorite AFC teams, and I'll be cheering for them in the playoffs. Uh, speaking of AFC he teams, has, oops, he, sorry, Rob, I apologize. Fuck AJ, I've been trying to say my point. My God, I'm just kidding. Uh, six touchdowns in, yeah. in in 13 games, just 28 catches, but that's a lot of touchdowns for a, a fourth round pick. Who, again, I don't think anyone expected it with no. just with that receiver core in place. But obviously, John Brown's been dealing with injuries, so he's played a lot more. And, uh, a very good fit. Sorry, AJ. Go ahead. <laughs> no, and and one more thing on uh, on Gabe Davis. It's I, I think I was I was I think I had him like as a fifth round guy. But I, I you know you saw the potential there. But like like you said, the landing spot you didn't think it was going to really happen too fast. And I think just in general, you thought he'd be a guy that that would take some time to come on, and he's he's been immediately impactful. Um, I'm gonna go with two guys from the same team, same defense. Uh, first off, Legereus Need. Who is back healthy and playing pretty well? It wasn't like an an amazing game against the Dolphins, but really solid, and that's it's a good one for for a fourth round guy. Seven tackles, a, a pass breakup, it's a good game. But more impressively, your one of your favorites, Rob, Mike Dan, a baby on the defensive line, who had a really impressive stat line. I'll, I'll read it out to you: four tackles, a sack, three TFLs. Uh, that's a big time game, and he was damn good, man. He was in the backfield all day, uh, all over to uh, it, it, and like just in general. So I'll name it. I'm gonna roll right in, Rob. It's really impressive how much play the best team in the league has gotten out of rookies this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and especially when uh, my first best UDFA rookie is Tershawn Warden, who's also on that Chiefs defensive line, and uh, has has kind of come and gone in stretch. I think he's had some injuries, but he's he's flashed like a multiple times this year. Had a sack on Tua, um, two tackles. I, it's pretty impressive that this. Uh, this Chiefs defense is getting this much production out of day three and undrafted uh, rookies. Like, not not monster roles. I know Seeds Sneed's in a big role, but still. Yeah, I mean, finding finding an undrafted rookie who makes your roster is yeah. kind of a big deal. And With no preseason. Finding them that can be – finding them that can make their – like, be a, a consistent part of the rotation and make an impact is huge. Yeah. Um, huge, like my boy Miles Bryant having a pick. Yeah. That's my best undrafted rookie. I didn't have. I didn't want to write James Robinson down again because, like, he was good, but it was didn't matter. Like, the Titans just ran over the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. I didn't really have anyone else make a significant play other than Miles Bryant, um, who I loved at Washington. So it was nice to see him. He feels like a good Definitely. fit on New England. Yeah, P- played twenty five percent of the snaps. Little nickel with a ton of feistiness. Uh, and, and I mean, he just stole the ball for an interception. So it was a nice play. I I, I put Warden in Brian as well. Uh, okay, Ricky, who flashed? I put two receivers down. I put Jerry Judy, just two catches for forty-two, but he ran a beautiful sluggo, and it's just his route running is so advanced for a rookie. I think part of the pro- like Drew Lock is so inconsistent. Um, I know he had a big big game this week, but. Seeing him get get the ball to Judy more frequently would be nice. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk, who Debo Samuel went down early against yeah. Washington football team, and Ayuk was, like, forced to take on a bigger role. He had some drops, but he still caught 10 balls for 119 and was, like, the only person on their offense doing anything. I feel like Brandon Ayuk is getting a little overlooked this year. 
He, it, it, which is strange. I think it's is it just because the 49ers have been so mad? No one really wants to watch Nick Mullins because in his last five games, he hasn't had less than five catches. He hasn't had less than seventy five yards. He has two hundred yard games, two ninety yard games, and he has three touchdowns. Like he's been the go to guy yeah. for for the last five games, and uh, over six hundred yards in ten games this year. Yeah, no, he's been he's been very very good. Uh, I will go with two Bears first, um, starting with one of our favorites, Jalen Johnson, who um, who only gave up like I, I think he only gave up one catch and was on a quick slant to Duke Johnson, which is just a really one. You're, you're giving cushion there, so that's no big deal. Um, and like I said, the Texans are an absolute mess, but this was still a nice bounce back game for Jalen Johnson because we've talked about it. His play's been slipping pretty big recently. And it wasn't a flashy game, but he had three tackles, and one of them was a really nice tackle on Deshaun Watson to keep him short of the end zone. If you if you saw it, it was the one where he fumbled and then recovered it, but then they ruled him he was down. And then he they ended up getting the the stop on the goal line there, back to back sacks actually. <laughs> Again, the the Texans are a fucking disaster. And then flipping to the offensive side of the ball for the Bears, I put Cole Command. I, I think he's starting to come along. Like he had four catches for forty one in this one. That's a lot of fours and ones. Um, he had five catches last week. And he, he's out snapping uh, Jimmy Graham now, nearly nearly two to one in this game, and he's starting to look like that solid tight end that he was projected as, like nothing special, but like a potential Kyle Rudolph type of guy. And um, I think he's just stringing together a couple of good games and just making nice catches, not doing anything special after the catch, but kept getting a couple of yards. I uh, I think you're you're starting to feel some promise out of Cole Komet. And, hey, last one, I, I couldn't not mention a Michigan guy. I, I It wasn't a spe- special game from Josh Uchi, but, like, it was another one where I'm just – I just I keyed on him a couple times with my eyes, and um, that's, that, that was a weird phrase. Um, but, <laughs> like, he didn't, he didn't blow up or anything, but you like what you see. And he had the one where he just absolutely wrecked the tackle out just – just so fucking fast, and he got and put a big hit on Jared Goff. Uh, he's definitely got the goods. Yeah, and, he's yeah he he's been very good over the last three weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, my out of nowhere rook is I didn't have like a big big one, but when Quez Watkins gets a touch, you gotta put him down. <laughs> Damn right, he baby. Got, he, he got one pop pass for three yards against the Saints, and it was his season debut. And uh, yeah. We love Quez Watkins, so I put his name down. That's sick. Uh, hey, you already mentioned who I put. Uh, Lynn Bowden, baby. <laughs> like you said, was the go-to guy for the Dolphins, kind of. Uh, seven catches last week. I know, I know, but still, it's still Lynn Bowden producing. No, no, no. I'm, I, I, no, I know. I'm, I'm like saying, good for him. He's yeah. Over two weeks in a row because we didn't think he would be relevant. No, I mean, I, I, like, I mean, in July we did, and then obviously the whole thing happened with the Raiders, and he got shipped off to Miami, and he's done nothing up until the last couple of weeks, and it looked like Malcolm Perry was their Limboden. Anyways, <laughs> seven catches, eighty-two yards, uh, and hey, they they set him up to throw twice, which was wild. Uh, once he actually made a pretty nice throw, but it was just out of bounds uh, on the sideline there, and then the next time it was designed to throw back to Tua. But the 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 defense read it well, and he just kept it for two yards. But catching the ball, he looked pretty good, and he moved this. I think six of his catches were first downs. Uh, looked pretty solid after the catch, and he looked like the potential weapon uh, that the Raiders drafted 80th overall. And maybe this is turning into yeah. something. <clears throat> I don't know what his role yeah, is ever yeah. going to be, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, my start the rook is Xavier McKinney, who played. Yes. 
His most snaps against the Cardinals, 48%. I just love Xavier McKinney, and he looked good against the Cardinals, and I just want to see him take on a more true starter role. Obviously, he missed the start of the season. He's only played three games this year, but such a high Q safety who is very willing to stick his nose in against the run and great eyes in coverage. I, I just want to see him play a lot. Yeah, they, they've brought him along slowly since he came back from injury, which um, is probably the smart move. I was hoping to see more of him early, but uh, I wonder how much he's going to end up playing down the stretch, which uh, which is something we'll see. I totally forgot to write down a start to start the ruck, so I'm just looking through the draft trying to think of one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, can I just say I think it would have been fun if the Colts were kind of bad and we got to see Jacob Eason this year. I know he's like I, had, I don't I don't disagree. I know. It's like obviously in no situation should they ever put him on the field this year, but uh I think that would have been kind of fun. And that's that's my start the rook even because I'm scrambling to think of anything. Can you actually change it to being Robert Windsor starting over DeForest Buckner? <laughs> that's, that's basically the same thing. Hey, mix Robert Windsor in a little bit more. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um how about this? How about Houston? Get your rookies on the field at least. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I, you're not going to know. I know Blacklock's had a nightmare season, but at least put them on the field. You're not doing anything. You, <laughs> you're you trying to win because you don't have your first-round pick. And how about Rob's, Rob's son, Jonathan Grenard? Get him on the field too because they're just not playing them, and I don't, I don't understand. That was my big takeaway from this week is that I fucking hate the Houston Texans. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.